0: Hey, everybody. Our second lesson is from John's Gospel. I should tell you that, you know, the the truth that is portrayed in this second lesson will definitely be something that is in the backdrop when we talk about what we're going to talk about in the homily. But we're going to mainly refer back to the first reading, the longest reading from the book of Acts that Johanna read so beautifully for us that actually records that magnificent and mysterious, powerful event uh, that, that, that happened on the day of Pentecost. Okay, so enough introductory remarks, reading from John. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet, there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. That's the word of the Lord thanks be to God. So, language, language separates people, doesn't it? Ever been in another country, not known the language? You no, know, Haiti, uh, one time, and we actually had Creole lessons for about three months before we went, and, you know, you could kind of get by for a little bit, but then eventually, at least someone like me ends up forgetting, and Felt very helpless in conversations. Helpless, helpless, helpless. Even worse was when I went to Hungary. Tried to learn enough to kind of get by out in public. Met with a few moderate successes. And usually people said, I speak English, it's okay. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) thanks for trying, but I speak English. Uh, But then again, you know, helpless, helpless, helpless. There's nothing quite like it really in some ways that, feel so vulnerable when you can't even communicate with someone else. Language separates people. The fact that the human race is divided by languages really does remind us of other differences that often cause us to to deeply distrust each other. In, In our broken humanity, we resist crossing a boundary to foster a relationship with someone that belongs to a different group and feels deeply other to us. And when we do pursue unity, we often succumb to the temptation to to use whatever power we have to try to make people more like us so that we can more comfortably declare our unity with them. The Spirit's work is very, very different than our, our distorted human ideas about unity. At Pentecost, the Spirit communicated the gospel to people in their own dialect, a sign that, that God's redemption of the world does not entail overruling the variety within the human race. Now, just think about that for a moment. When the Spirit gave birth to the church, the disciples who would become the leaders of the church were empowered and enabled miraculously to speak in such a way as to honor the rich diversity of God's creation. It was as if God was saying, hey, each and every kind of human being, I'm inviting in to hear about my love for them. Each and every kind of human being is a person of great worth and great value being made in God's image. In our text this morning, that again, you want to look back at it, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool. But it's right in the beginning of the service in the, of the liturgy of the service that Johanna read to us. In that text, Luke, the author of Acts, goes out of his way to make the point that we've been talking about. Our friend Aaron Keeker used to be a member here, uh, often comes back and preaches. Many of you know him. Wonderful New Testament scholar. Good friend of Grace Chicago. Our friend Aaron Keeker puts it this way, when he writes about this in one of his essays that appears in, in a theological journal, I'm going to quote Aaron just for a minute here. Luke, watch for the air quotes, okay? So you'll know. You know you'll think, wait, this sounds like someone who's a scholar. It might not be Bob, so but no, know for sure, with the air quotes, okay? Luke is at pains to tell us that the Spirit empowered the disciples to bear witness to Jesus. In what Luke describes as their own language. And in what the crowd describes as in, this is really tender when you think about it too, in the language of our birth. The Spirit shapes this community of common identity, not by eliminating linguistic diversity, but by amplifying it. It is not too much to say that the Spirit resisted cultural homogeneity in the Jesus movement at Pentecost and the resulting danger of cultural imperialism through the proliferation of languages with which the apostles bore witness to Jesus. End quote. What happens at Pentecost prefigures the rest of the book of Acts where unity among all manner of human beings occurs through the proclamation of the gospel and an accompanying transformative work of the Spirit that brings people to love those who are different from themselves and to recognize that their communion with people who are different than they are their communion in Jesus is more important than the differences that they have. Those empowered by the Spirit learn to regard other people who are very different than themselves, not as other and strange to them, but as those whom God loves and whom God welcomes into the new humanity being gathered around the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a quick sidebar. It's important to remember this, that the vision of a diverse human race being brought together in communion with each other, according to the story of what the Spirit does in the church, that's not an idea that is presented as a human ideal that emerges out of careful, rational thought. In other words, this is not an idea that comes out of human philosophy. It's not an ideal, ideal that comes out of conservative political theory. It's not an ideal that comes out of liberal political theory. This is God's work of the Spirit. And it's revealed to be the only way to transcend the human condition that constantly pits human beings against each other. That's how it's revealed. And how is that human condition transformed, transcended? How is that human predicament transformed and transcended? It's when people move together towards Jesus. When people move together towards Jesus. Now, you're probably thinking, what about everybody else? Now, how, how that gospel message, that, that unique gospel message of God revealing God's self in a unique and, and final way in Jesus, how that sits graciously and, um, and humbly in a world where, where pluralism and, and relativism, where those pressures are so are so uh, powerful lack of a better word, how the unique message of the gospel sits there graciously and humbly. Well, you know, we have to talk about that another day. I mean, that's, that's, that's several lectures long, something like that. But it is worth remembering here that this, this story of, of how what divides the human race, how, how that's overcome in Jesus, that, that's a story that's only told truly when we tell it the way that Luke tells us about it in Acts, that when people move toward Jesus, they can truly overcome that which causes wars, and, well, that's how the streets have no name, come about. And how did I not go to the U2 concert last night? how did I not even know about the U2 concert last (laughs) night? Wow. Man, well, at least... At least on Pentecost Sunday, I got the solid gold. Well, I got Ben's gold guitar. So, you know, I mean, not I got it, but, you know, it's, yeah. And the slide, too. So we are celebrating Pentecost, even though I'm celebrating Pentecost, even though I didn't get celebrated at the U2 concert. I was jealous about that. Almost as jealous as I was that you could run a 40-yard dash, get the offering place, come back, and not be so winded that you couldn't carry on. Back to Acts here, um, back to Pentecost. That miraculous occurrence that happens on that day seems so very far away from us, doesn't it? I mean, how could that have happened? You think, why isn't it happening all the time? I don't know why it isn't happening all the time. Maybe it is in some ways. But I do have to just tell you one story from my own life. One of my mentors, Dr. Charles McKenzie who I had as a professor, and some of you have heard this before, but um, he, he tells a story of, of, of preaching in chapel. One of the chapels at either Oxford or Cambridge in the UK, uh, I can't remember which now, and a group of German tourists just wandered into the chapel as he was preaching, and um, they stayed to listen to the rest of what he had to say, and they came up to him afterward with this sense of bewilderment, And gravitas and surprise and what just happened kind of look on their face and said, we heard you in German even though you were speaking in English. So you never know. You never know, right? But I suspect that um, the Spirit's work in our world and in us is much more likely to bubble to the surface. in you know that John reading about the promise of the Spirit, the Spirit's going to flow out of us like rivers of living water. The Spirit's going to change us and enable us to overcome the barriers of language in more mundane ways, but yet made not mundane by the presence of the Spirit and the wisdom of the Spirit. And... Just give you one example of this. A few chapters later in the book of Acts. A few chapters later, chapter 6, Pentecost happens in chapter 2. In chapter 6, uh, Caleb actually preached on this a little bit ago, but I wanted to, to refer to this thing that happens in Acts chapter 6. I wanted to refer to it uh, in the context of of what our conversation is this morning in light of our observation that language can exclude people as well as unite them. And the fact that the Spirit is always transcending this by transforming people to move past the barriers of language and culture to include and welcome those who are outsiders. Now here's what happens in Acts chapter 6. The early Christian community, still overlapping with synagogue life, was in the habit of giving food to the widows in their midst in keeping with the Old Testament practice. So they had a food bank, they're giving food to the widows in their midst, but the Greek-speaking widows were not getting any food. The Hebrew-speaking leaders were in charge and they were ignoring them. Now, it doesn't take too much to imagine the scene in our mind's eye. I mean, I can almost hear someone saying, If they want food, why don't they learn Hebrew? They're Jews. Well, maybe not exactly like that, but it's eerily close, isn't it, to what we hear a lot today and what perhaps we have come close to or actually said ourselves. Why don't they just learn English? Why don't they just learn English and then maybe we'll accept them? But is in Acts chapter 6 and today, the Spirit has a better idea. The Spirit has something to say. In Acts 6, the apostles, upon hearing about this sorry state of affairs, what do they do? They appoint Greek-speaking Jews to have a share in the power of distribution It seems that the Spirit empowered them to say in so many words, let the Hellenized Jews have access to the food bank and quit excluding people who can't speak the language of power. I mean, that's essentially what happens in Acts chapter 6. And the result, Luke says, is that the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. That one act of cruciform hospitality not only broke through the language barrier, making a different language no longer the basis of exclusion, and the result was to convince even the priests in the synagogue that God was at work in the Jesus community. What barriers are we going to be called to break down in order to demonstrate that God is at work in our midst. It's a question for any day of the week. It's especially a question for Pentecost Sunday. May God's spirit give us the wisdom. May God's spirit be present to enable us to live into that transformative power to break down those barriers, to demonstrate that God God's manic desire As we said last week, God's manic desire to quote one Eastern church father, God's manic obsession is you and every other single person made in his image. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.